0: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone
1: Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, it's official, just coming across the wire right now. We're going to talk to Gordy Chazza coming up here in a moment. I'm going to read right from the release here. Gordon Dateline. I guess not Dateline, uh, San Francisco. The Pac-12 CEO, a CEO group announced today that the fall season for several Pac-12 sports, including football, men's and women's soccer, and women's volleyball, would schedule conference-only games and that it is delaying the start of mandatory athletic activities until a series of health and safety indicators, which have recently trended in a negative direction, provided sufficient positive data to enable a move to a second phase of return-to-play activities, The CEO group made clear that it hopes to play football and other fall sports provided that it can meet the health and safety needs of its student athletes and obtain appropriate permissions from state and local health authorities. Today's decision will result in the start dates for the impacted sports being delayed. The decision is effective immediately across all Pac-12 member universities and was made following a meeting of Pac-12 CEO group earlier today.
2: So what does that mean? What is that? They could make an adjustment if if
1: if things got uh, improved. So I think what it means is they're going to go with the conference only model. So that that uh, much is confirmed. I think that's the biggest news. And then they had, I believe, a July twelfth hmm. uh, start date for team activities to get ready for a normal start, and they're kicking that. Well, they're they're pushing that date back. It would appear.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. Well, there you have it. There you
2: have it. I, I, this, this is interesting. And uh, one thing that Mark Harlan, when we talked with him this morning, kept stressing was the flexibility that this gives the teams to be able to cancel or postpone or rearrange or move about various games depending upon what's going on.
1: All right, let's talk a little basketball. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line, Sprint. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, longtime Jazz assistant coach, he's our good friend, Gordon Chiesa with us here on the Big Show. Gordy, what's
3: happening? Guys, I'm doing well. Thanks for the invite.
1: Hey, I I love it that uh, you've come with a theme song today, coach. Uh, that's that's very much what we've
3: come to expect from you. Oh, very much. I'm a soul man in honor of Gordon Munson because he's a tortured genius.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I. F-
2: thanks.
1: Yeah, there you go. That's uh, a compliment. No doubt. Mm. Uh, Coach, uh, glad to have you on the show. Excited to talk to you about the NBA's return. Uh, give us kind of your overall thoughts about the the Orlando bubble concept, and
3: we can kind of go from there. I think it's very good that they're using absolutely smart judgment as far as uh, really overseeing every person literally step by step. And so that is absolutely critical. The NBA paid roughly $150 million to secure the premises as far as all the testing, et cetera, and what it costs for everybody. So they are absolutely invested into doing that. And so the team that's going to... Uh, the team, the team that actually wins the whole thing, whoever it's going to be, is that it's much of a mental test as it is a physical challenge. So you're going to be there for a literally X amount of weeks or months. The, NBA, the Game 7 of the NBA Finals is a... Tuesday, October 13th. So that'll be roughly, if you're the Raptors, you'll be there for over 90 days. If you're the Clippers or the, or the um, Lakers or the Jazz, whoever gets to the NBA Finals, you'll be there for roughly 82 days. So it's a mental, physical both.
2: You know, I agree with you, Gordy. I think of all the leagues I've heard about and all the scenarios for sports, it seems like what the NBA is doing makes the most sense as far as concern for the safety of individuals
3: involved. Very much. They, they've really been the leading part about that. With, uh, back in March 13th, and Jake and I were on the air with an infamous uh, jazz game versus the uh, OKC Thunder down in uh, Oklahoma when the, the NBA shut down, NBA shut down its, its play that night until on July 30th. So they're proactive in a very, very tough environment because uh, it's just such an uncertainty of what goes on. Other sports have tried it right now. They're pausing, they're failing, et cetera. They're, not, they're, not, they're, uh, they're, right, they're right in the middle of uh, not sure what they're going to do. The NBA has a plan. Let's hope that it, it comes to fruition. Coach,
1: how hard is it going to be to get these players back into NBA game shape? Is it uh, is it going to be a slow process, or I guess how difficult of task is that for a coach and training staff?
3: Very much. It's, it's one of the main factors as far as as far as far as the players. Usually speaking, you can never ever on the treadmill or you're running outside for the last three months or with your with your. Social distancing, strength coach, simulate the game speed and tenacity of an NBA game, especially with the playoffs lurking on July. Uh, me, on um, August um, uh, 18th. So, the, so having pull muscles will absolutely be a factor as far as who gets it and when. So, for example, George the the jazz player, has a sore ankle. Now, of course, George trained the last three months, but that first practice, suddenly, oh, by the way, I have a sore ankle. And that just that they'll be common folk. Now the better teams and then the and the, uh, the players that have a lot more. Um, what's the word as far as flexibility? We able to overcome that and be hopefully be able to perform well.
2: So okay, that that how difficult is it, Gordy, to uh, to, to, to to reorganize uh, a team after this kind of layoff from a strategy standpoint, from a. Uh, recreate the habits that you want these guys, especially in the case of the Jazz, who are Without Bogdanovich now, and so guys are going to be
3: playing slightly different roles. Yes, they are, and it's it's absolutely critical. So that what you want to do is give less than more. So you want to cut the playbook down because you can't go through enough of the repetition and drills to be able to make it a uh, automatic habit. So with that said, you have to have your go to plays. Your base defense is what you're going to attempt to do and keep drilling it and reinforce it to them, but not too much. So in jazz basketball, a huge factor will be, by the way, the Jazz are fourth in the NBA in overall shooting as we speak, 47.5. Can they recapture that? And the Jazz are first in the NBA as the most accurate three-point knockdown team at at 38.3. So the two shooting metrics that the Jazz are outstanding in, that's a lot of it's based on ball movement rhythm as far as catch and shoot, and just generally speaking, footwork. So can the Jazz recapture that in shooting drills and play with the tenacity of it? On the flip side for the Jazz, can the Jazz are less in the NBA, Gordon and Jake, in steals? Less number thirty, and they're 29th ninth in shot blocking. So in jazz basketball, a lot of times because of Rudy Gobert's is proudest defensively, the perception that the Jazz really are good sh- a good shot blocking team. Rudy is is an elite, sh- elite shot rejecter, but the team isn't. So from the Jazz point of view, offensively, can they make shots? Defensively, can they really improve on defensive activity to get easier baskets and transition off live turnovers? Those those are two huge questions.
1: Coach Gordy Chiesa with us on the Big Show. Coach, I want to ask you what you expect from Mike Conley. And the reason I'm I'm interested in hearing your answer is because you've coached Mike in the past. You know him. You know his game very well. Uh, With no boy on Bogdanovich, what do you expect from Mike and, and helping to make up for some of that production?
3: So let's go uh, Mike Conley slash Joe Ingles. So, Bojan Bondanovich is a knockdown shooter, and he's a rugged player. So, the question for the Jazz, who replaces Bondanovich? not position-wise, but his scoring? He averaged 20 points a game, 41.3 from threes, and from the foul line, 90.3% and 4.1 rebounds. So, Mike Conley, this year, regular season, has had an up-and-down year, and Joe Ingles' uh, He's starting off the bench. Joe Scott and Mike Conley, both those guys have to shoot better, making threes and also uh, ball contain. So those guys are going uh, to not, not take Boyan's minutes, but they're going to have a huge role because Donovan Mitchell needs help. The way the Jazz are structured, they're a system team, and that's great. And that's why the Jazz has a, a good team. But in playoff basketball, and we're su- the Jazz are, are right now the fourth seed, you need um, – Ball strikers, and you need one-on-one solo artists that, no matter what happens, can break the defense down. Now that, that was uh, that's Donovan. Last year, he got one out mentally. So Mike Conley has the ability, and Joe Ingles has the craftiness. He got that Aussie swagger. He can do it. But last year, he didn't do it, and Michael Conley wasn't here. They got Bon Donovan to be a knockdown shooter. He's not here. So Mike Conley and Joe Ingles have to come through for the Jazz for the Jazz to go deep in the playoffs.
2: What do you make, Gordy, of the uh, riff uh, between uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and how difficult is it to get that thing repaired the way it needs to be?
3: It was frustrating, but I'm sure for both people, you know, again – for the listeners, on 12 of the zone, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert's lockers are right next to each other. So they're absolutely, you know, they're adjacent and they're attached at the hip. So they're in the locker room, but also on the playing court. So now pick and roll offense, pick and roll defense, Donovan Mitchell and uh, Rudy Gobert are together. So a lot of times uh, Rudy has a hard time catching on the move. And that's common with, with a lot of times. Jake, you and I talk many times in the jazz shows about Rudy has those high hips. And so when he bumps off stride, it's even harder to catch the ball and see the ball into your hands. So Dave, to the rift right now is actually playing, and I'm sure there's a rift as far as uh, the coronavirus. But they're professionals. They want to win. They've had three months now to, uh, to reflect on maybe – could I have done this better? Could I articulate it a different way? Could I show this uh, empathy? Could I show uh, more positivity? Whatever it is for them, they'll work it out. And Quinn Snyder is the main person that I'm sure he's to really talked to those guys individually and collectively and to the group that, hey, in playoff basketball, it's truly it's one for all, all for one. You know, uh,
1: part of that is, is Rudy wanting some stats, Coach, and he, he admitted to that in an ESPN article, and, um, you know, he wants the ball a little bit more. And uh, if you were coaching Rudy Gobert and you were um, giving him advice on what to add to his game offensively, what would you tell him?
3: Never bring the ball below your waist. He gets the ball stripped all the time. So that I'm, I'm talking to Rudy, when he gets the ball down low, be decisive into, with your move. Catch, you're a one-bounce player, and one-bounce elevation. So you've got to catch the ball in balance, chin the ball to the, to, to the top of your chin, and then read the defense, read your, uh, the, the defensive player who's guarding you, and keep it simple. One-bounce jump hook, one-bounce turn and shoot. And I would drill it and drill it and drill it and drill it until there's no more drilling. And then when the game comes, there's always slippage because there's human slippage in the game. As far as uh, we, uh, I would try to just help him mentally uh, during the game. And the last part about it, I would be a ferocious offensive rebounder. So a lot, of times when you're, a lot of times when you're that tall, you just try to outreach people. What Rudy's got to do is also out-technique people. So what happens is smaller guys drive Rudy off the boards. They take away his uh, his uh, a lower part of his body. Rudy's got to counter punch that with better footwork to, to accelerate his length to go to go over the top of to people. It sounds so simple, but it's difficult. But you but you have to have an urgency to do it. And those st- and every. Uh, Gordon, in every playoff game, there's two things that make the whole bench go crazy. Like like Nels Barkley is what a corner three-point shot, the whole bench cheers. And when a guy, guy gets a stick-back rebound for a dunk, and the whole bench erupts. And if I'm Rudy Gobert, I'm looking for an eruption
2: uh Jake and I have sort of disagreed on our interpretation of what... Oh, Rudy
3: really? Disagreed? This is interesting. Yeah, we, we, we <laughs> Tell sort of, me more.
2: We, we've disagreed on the interpretation of what Rudy was actually saying when he wanted to be a bigger part of the offense or, or get more shots, however you want to describe it. I thought that he would be satisfied with just a couple more shots a game and there are times when I've noticed he has been at the rim and able to score if someone would pass him the ball, but the ball didn't come. That, that was my interpretation of it. Jake uh, interpreted it as him wanting to have a more massive role in that offense. Uh, read between the lines of what he said. Where do you fall? Uh, are you with me or are you with Jake?
3: I'm with I'm with you. Yes, leaning towards you. Yes, I am. I am. That, so Rudy is a uh, Rudy wants the ball, but it's how he gets it. And uh, when he's open on a, a two-footed catch in the lane. To direct pass. It's simple. Again, it's a, as a matter of fact, that's no, it's a no-bounce uh, dribble. Most big guys, like Rudy, get in trouble when they try to dribble the ball in the lane against the big-out uh, defenders. So I would lean more toward your narrative. But in jazz basketball, no matter who it is, is that you've got to be able to finish. What happens a lot of times when you pass the ball to people, whether it's in point-blank range or at open three-point shot, when they keep missing in a, keep missing in a game – is that the players lose temporary confidence in them. Hey, I love you, dog. However, I'm not passing the ball to you. And the reason why, especially in playoff basketball, where absolutely every possession is magnified tenfold, so the ability to score in a game, that's why the better NBA teams advance in the playoffs – they have a whole bunch of scorers that are defined scorers, and a whole bunch of defensive players that's uh, recipient scorers by the by the main guys passing to them, and they're they're making layups.
2: The the reason I was where I was on this, and I probably, uh, I, I probably blew out of proportion what Jake's position was, but We can he can repair <laughs> that. But true. But but when it, when you you've seen this, Gordy, when big guys work their tails off to put themselves in a position where they can score, especially when they're shooting 69% from the floor, and they do work their butts off and they find themselves in that position and they don't get the ball, that's really frustrating for them. And it, with in, in Rudy's case, I'm not talking about doing what Carl Malone used to do, pinning his man against his back and then going to work in the low post. I'm talking about getting in a position where if you lob me the ball, I can dunk it.
3: Uh, Have you seen that frustration with big guys in the past? Yes, I have. Absolutely. Very, very common. And this human behavior. Most big guys think they're always free. They're always free. In other words, I am always free. No, you're not. There's a guy right next to you. You have to move your footwork. And so you, you're describing a your short corner spacing when Rudy's behind the defense on the baseline and Donovan penetrates and he freezes the help defender, meaning uh, Rudy's guy, and that gives him a great angle for that lob pass. Now, you've got to finish the lob worse than that. If you, if you don't finish, do not bring the ball down and get your ball stripped. And ball strip means what? You bring the ball below your waist. And now you're seven foot one. And now you become what? Five foot five. And that's what you don't want to do. So most big guys have a level of frustration. they always, they always, um, think they're always free. The last point is this. The teaching point about that is that with the players, the optics on perimeter is that if I see a post player, jersey numbers, my teammates' jersey numbers, wide open, give him the ball. If it's only half open. Half open, it takes a better pass to get there as far as a, a much narrow passing window. But if I see both numbers clearly given the ball, simple, it sounds so simple. It's it very, very complicated, very similar, Jake, to your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> complicated, that, correct. Uh, Coach, I understand you have a li- uh, list for us today.
3: Yes, the list today is the NBA all-time leaders in total playoff games played. It's a baker's dozen. And I know that you guys are college graduates, allegedly, both of you guys. A baker's dozen means to me 13. So the all-time leaders. Number 13, Magic Johnson, 190 playoff games. Number 11, a two-way tie with BYU great former Danny Ainge and former once-in-a-lifetime generational player, Carl Malone, at 193. And with Carl interesting, he played with the Jazz 172 playoff games and with the Lakers back in 03-04, 21 playoff games. Number 10, from the Bulls, Scottie Pippen, 208. Number 9, from many teams, including the Lakers, Shaquille O'Neal, 216. Number eight, one of the all-time greatest ever lefty drivers. What's fun to watch this guy play? His whole career with the Spurs, with 218 playoff games, Manu Ginobili. Number seven, we lost him way too soon back in January from the LA Lakers with 220 playoff games, Kobe Bryant. Number six. With 226 playoff games, unfortunately, back in uh, back in um, 2001, I worked this guy out twice on the court, and unfortunately, we didn't draft him for all the wrong reasons. Tony Parker, the sixth most ever uh, playoff game performer, number five. He mastered an art form called the sky hook. With 237 playoff games, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Number four, the only guy on this list that's still playing, he should be someday relatively soon the all-time leader in the history of playoff games. He plays for the Lakers right now, LeBron James, 239. Number three, his nickname was Big Shot Rob. He played for many teams. He won seven championships with, with, with multiple teams with 244 playoff games, Robert Horry. Number two, another great player from the Spurs, Mr. Fundamental. He played in 251 playoff games, Tim Duncan. And number one, with 259 playoff games, Derek Fisher of the L.A. Lakers and the Jazz.
1: Well, there you go. Coach, uh, we always love it when you have a chance to drop by the show. Thank you very, very much.
3: And, Jake, my last thing is that I know you're asking me, what about Stockton? Everybody right now driving an I-15 is saying, what about Stockton? He played 182 playoff games. And, by the way, in his present tense, Rudy Gobert has played in 25 playoff games and Donovan Mitchell has played in 16 playoff games. Mm-hmm. And that's how hard it is to uh, to, to, to have a numerous playoff game. This thing called the NBA, this is really hard. This is oh, hard. No.
1: No, they got a long way to go. Coach, thank you so much.
3: Thanks, guys. Peace out.
1: There's our friend, Coach Gordon Chiesa, joining us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Gordon, you're not going to revel in Coach agreeing with you? No. I... I... Because I don't no. really think he totally agreed with you, but I thought you'd brag about that. Well, he kind of did. Well, I mean. He did I represent your position correctly? Uh, no, but that, it was close <laughs> enough. Uh, but it, I, li- I liked what he said about Rudy Gobert. I was trying to tell you that the other day. Just because somebody thinks they're open doesn't mean they are. Yeah, And a big man can be I, like I did a wide receiver in that, in that sense. I did, I did see times
2: open. when he was open, Jake, and he wasn't getting the ball. I, I did see it with my own eyes.
1: Well, I just don't think – okay, well, I don't think he's being scored
2: on purpose. He's over there open, shooting 69%, and you got so-and-so out there fiddling and faddling with the
1: ball. Well, in in this case, Donovan, because that's who Rudy was talking about, right? Mm, I think his initial message was
2: to the entire team. Mm. But it seems to me the night that he did complain – didn't Wasn't that the night that Donovan put up, like, 25 shots or something?
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure done. on that either. So, fact check. All right. Uh, we'll get to drop of the day. Coming up next, we're live at the Warehouse 86 East University Parkway. And Tom jumping on with us once again. Tom, doing a great
4: job uh, helping out our list. Let me tell you what I'm sure of. Okay. I want them to kiss and make up, and I want them to go win games. There you go. That's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Go win some basketball Score games. Score more points. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I've got a win-win for everybody. Everybody's looking for a mattress for the spare bedroom, uh, and we have people come every say, "I just need a mattress for the spare bedroom," and they're always on a budget. Uh, I have a win-win. We are the lowest price guaranteed. There is nobody in Utah that will sell you a mattress, and you have to compare apple for apple, name brand high quality the best mattress we also have inexpensive mattresses that are cheap and you don't want but i have the good mattress that you can buy inexpensively right we we went and looked uh, for your daughter yeah, yeah we went and looked at a hybrid and i'm telling you across the street and you know who i'm talking about i do they have lots of stores all across this country that mattress is 1300 bucks i just looked it up okay I'll sell it. I'll sell it to anybody who walks through the door for four ninety nine. Wow! Boom. That easy. Boom. And I've, I've, I uh, took a test drive on that thing. It is nice. Nice. Yes. Nice. We're talking high end viscose memory foam on top. Uh, it, it's really a nice mattress. Most important for this break is the adjustable bed situation. So if you want that spare bedroom taken care of, I am going to give you a mattress. And an adjustable bed in a queen for 4.99 and that's cheaper than you can buy the mattress anywhere on the street amazing period i also have i also have uh these beautiful leather and i'm talking about it because everybody wants to hear something new they're brand new we unboxed them yesterday they're gorgeous mid-century classic really cute pencil legs uh real leather light gray not $3,900 Thirty-nine hundred, like the famous hardware company sells them for. I'm going to sell it to you for twelve ninety-nine, and give you, and one, the love seat for free. Wow! I have another and one, and it's that beautiful little sectional. I have it in gray and blue, with a five foot by three foot ottoman. The ottoman's like a spare bed. For yeah, it's when huge. You have somebody who needs to sleep over. The entire thing, not twenty-nine hundred bucks. I'm going to give you the sectional for nine ninety-nine. Give you. And one, the ottoman, for free. Wow. And then, um, last for this break, we got to go back to the Gemstone Company. And we've had a, a few people come in. We've sold a couple of tables today. I have this great big 108-inch solid table. It's 30, 3254 online, and they have an online special discount for $1,900. bucks. i am going to sell you the table. For not nineteen hundred bucks, not even half price. I'm gonna sell it to you for five ninety nine, and I'm gonna give you and four, four chairs for free. Five throwing in the chairs, throwing in the chairs. Wow! Come and see us. Don't forget the Jake Gordon special. How about free mattress protector with any adjustable bed purchase this weekend? Wow! Got to mention the show though. If you don't, forget it. All right. This is the big show, you know. 86 East University Parkway, the
1: warehouse. Take advantage of it, 86 East University Parkway. Thank you, Tom. We'll have the Drop of the Day coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
2: If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it?
1: Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. Live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Come see us. Prices so low it'll blow your mind. Time for sounds, various clips, also known as Drop the Day. Gordon, why don't you set up today's clip because uh, we teased it as a part of Gordon's list. Well, uh, apparently
2: Shaq... Shaquille O'Neal is upset with Charles Barkley because Barkley failed to include Shaq in his list of the 10 all-time NBA greats. Kenny, you know my top 10. Michael, Oscar, Bill Russell, Kareem, and Wilt, Kobe, LeBron, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and then you got Magic and Bird right there. We said, I'm not in your top 10 position. (laughs) Right. Shaq is not in your top 10. When have you ever seen. Now, Shaq, I'm not blowing smoke because he's here. When have you ever seen anyone like Shaq?
3: I've never seen anybody like Shaq. Ever. Shaq is the most dominant big man ever, in my opinion. But. Okay, I, I put it behind Magic and Bird, LeBron and Kobe. I didn't put it behind nobody like crazy. Like, <laughs> Jim, I, I'm not
2: saying, No, you didn't even say hey. Shaq. You did not say Shaq. Yeah, you did. Oh, you, didn't, ten, you check, did not you didn't say my shot. name hey, at all. Check,
3: no, 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 no. I'm saying Shaq is right there 11, 12, 13. Oh my, oh my God.
2: gosh,
4: How are you kidding shit. me? Check. Are you kidding me? Oh, hey. If you get, Chul, you, you know what? every time. But, but Chuck, Chuck, you know what? I miss you and all, but I ain't going to argue with you. You got two options. When you get back here, you face this, or you take all your clothes off <laughs> and you jump in that damn rake, lake, river, ocean, whatever it is, and you hold your breath for 30 lake minutes. Tahoe. But when I see you, I'm putting these hands on you. I'm not in your top 10, are you kidding me?
1: Well, uh, yeah. He's not terrific at basketball. He's, he's dominant. but Charles Here said it, he's dominant. We... Maybe the most dominant player since Wilt What difference does, it, what difference does, does it make?
0: There's only been seven players in the entire history of this game who have scored more points than Shaquille O'Neal.
1: That's so nice for him. And and don't
0: and save the bad at free throws thing because he did miss almost six thousand free throws in his career. But if he if we took the league average from nineteen ninety two his rookie season through 2010-11, his final year, the league average in that span of free throw shooting was seven just a hair under seventy five percent. If we bumped his fifty six percent free throw line percentage to seventy five percent, he'd only have two thousand something more points, and he would only pass one person on that list so it's not that big of a difference he was good at basketball he's the eighth best scorer in
1: the game's history uh, that's nice uh, that's nice that takes um, skill let me let me he's not a good basketball player he's just big and athletic now now let me give you he's an the example greatest to ever do it at his position let me let me give you both an example to illustrate what what i'm talking about here Let's say that uh, there really was, uh, there really were a family of aliens that uh, that visited this planet that uh, were named the Coneheads, and they had a coned shape head. Now, let's say Dan Aykroyd, the dad of the Coneheads, decided to become a skeleton racer, or a skeleton. Uh, what do you call it? A sledder or whatever. Now, the the shape of his head would probably make him a better skeleton. Athlete. Would he actually be better at skeleton or would his natural head shape just give him an advantage?
0: You've seen a, a, a skeleton, I don't even know what they're called, a crew, right? You've seen their their workout videos and their diets and the practice runs that they do. Those people have a resting heart rate of ten. They're incredibly skilled athletes. They don't just lay down on a cookie sheet and say, Woo! Like me!
1: I know, and and it would be an insult to those people that are good at it that somebody that just happens to have a cone head beats them all. Is not
0: a, an elite athletic person.
1: You get my point, though. Your that, point about that, the cone heads. The cone head would give them a. An <laughs> Out advantage of fairness,
0: I uh, the... <laughs> give the rest of my time in this debate to my opponent. <laughs>
1: The Conehead would give that person uh, an advantage at Skeleton, just like Shaq's uh, unusual head. size and athleticism gives I'll, him an I'll, advantage I'll, in, in basketball. Okay. His okay, basketball oh, skills. It's a good thing we have a two-day sub-par. break from each other up here. His basketball skills were subpar.
2: They Jake, were incredible! Jake, Jake, what difference does it make when you're talking about the overall quality of a player?
1: Well, when we're talking about dominance, fine, but don't call him a a skilled basketball player. No one had better footwork
0: in in their career than a 700-pound man who could run and move like that.
1: I'd say Hakeem had better footwork, but... It, uh,
0: yeah, you know, when you when you are allowed to take five steps instead of only two, sure.
1: But you know the the major skills of basketball, you know, dribbling, passing, shooting. Shaq <laughs> stunk was it all three. Passer. He was oh for three. Actually, he uh, I'll I'll give you that, Austin. He was a uh, an underrated passer. He probably didn't get enough credit for for his abilities to pass the ball, but still. The major skills that you have to possess to be a good basketball player. Shaq did not possess them. Of course he did. Jake, you
2: still will acknowledge that he's one of the best ever play. Most dominant. Well, well, (laughs) (laughs) what difference does it make? Uh, The 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 overall overall effect on the court, he was one of the best.
0: This is like when my dad growing up would give me my allowance and it was a $10 bill but I demanded that he give me 10 ones because it felt better in my wallet. It was more money. Most dominant good basketball player are the same thing. Awesome. A $10 bill and 10 ones are still $10. On,
1: on a scale of 0 to 10, what rate your own basketball abilities. One. And if you played... In a pickup game against 10 year olds, you dominate.
0: That is so stupid.
1: <laughs> you would absolutely dominate. <laughs> 10 year olds. If you played against 10 year olds, you would dominate. You wouldn't necessarily be the most skilled player out there, but you'd dominate. <laughs> you are so that doesn't make you better at basketball. 10 year olds. <laughs> you it get my does. point, right? It, it, does
2: make, it does make you better.
1: It doesn't make you better. It makes you more dominant you because better. you're twice the size of everybody you're playing. But it doesn't make you better at basketball. It does make you. He better. He still it had to make, make the not. shots. It does. Not. Oh, of course, when Jake. he's when he's uh, when he's dunking over uh, Drazen Petrovic, who's half his size. I don't know why I selected Drazen <laughs> Petrovic. <laughs> that was the first thing. You that were close to with the Conehead. Oh, no. Yeah. But I think you get my point.
0: No, nobody does. <laughs> you should. This get is my lunacy. Point.
1: I am correct. How are we sir. on the
0: air with this?
1: Charles Barkley agrees with me.
0: Okay, great. That you you put your feather in your cap when Chuck is agreeing with you. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Thank you. Jeez.
2: I know what, I know what you're saying, Jake. But the overall effect Terrible. doesn't matter.
1: No, he was dominant, there's no doubt. He won a lot. He scored a lot of points as he Austin. He was dominant but
0: not good is what your argument yeah, is. Yeah, he's not, he's that not a steal. Skilled... Is... No,
2: no, he was a great basketball player because of his dominance.
1: He was a large, very athletic man who dominated a sport. Okay, well, th- th- you just defined greatness. <laughs> but he wasn't good at basketball. <laughs>
2: uh, all right. I wouldn't want to be Charles Barkley because I think Shaq is really mad. <laughs> nah. I think,
0: he's actually not, probably. Who's,
2: who's got more power between those two? Shaq. Yeah,
1: more power? He's, well, he's got but more what, money. What do you mean by more power? I would, I would say, like, power meaning sway over opinion? I'd give that to Barkley. Uh, I mean, power over just, again, are we going to define terms?
0: If we had an election, who wins, Shaq or Barkley?
1: Barkley. You're crazy. What do you mean I'm crazy? Barkley's very popular. There are
0: nine Shaq fans for every one Barkley fan in this world. Who
1: gets paid more to be on that show? I bet it's Charles. Well, he's been there longer. Probably has a fatter contract. And it's better.
2: Well, guys. he is better on the show. I mean, that's not arguing that, but overall. Until things like
0: this, prominence. you know, the entertainment part of the show. And then Shaq is entertaining when he goes after Barkley. When you're just listening to Barkley list 10 names, you found that entertaining? I didn't. But when Shaq chopped him up for it, I found that funny.
2: <laughs> I don't well, think we're ever going to solve
1: this. Well, maybe if Shaq were better, had better basketball skills, he would have made the list. Maybe
2: if you
0: had better eyesight, you'd see that he was one of the greatest to <laughs> ever do it.
1: He, uh, If he had basketball skill, he would have been the greatest to ever do it. He, he does
0: and did have some of the best skills ever at that position.
2: You know what we might have to do? We might have to take after the old tradition of uh, what happened with me and Bowler. We might have to uh, consult the experts on this and put this to rest once and for all. Yeah.
0: Nah. When have we this ever put anything fun. to
2: rest once yeah, and for all? Well, I'm just telling you that if you got 22 experts, Jake, pound for pound, got, Shaquille O'Neal 20, was the you got, greatest. You got, you got 22 experts, basketball experts, to uh, and if it's and if it ends up like mine was, where 21 of the 22 sided with me, then that pretty much ended the discussion. And I have a feeling Austin's going to win.
0: That T.J. Gale on Twitter, uh, the the so-called expert, according to Gordon, one of our listeners, Shaq wasn't playing against 10-year-olds. He was playing against the best
2: players in the world, (laughs) and he dominated (laughs) them
1: all! Oh, man. Well, oh, TJ's right, here. Right, All right, stay tuned. we we'll more from the warehouse Coneheads. coming up next. 86 East. <laughs> Universal <Monology laughs> 97 97.5 and
0: 1280 The Zone. Monson and Jake Scott. Ray, Ray. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97... 97-
1: Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, broadcasting live today from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Drop on by and say hello. Gordon, big news at the beginning of the 5 o'clock hour. The Pac-12 made it official. For fall sports, including football, they're going to go with a conference-only model. They're also pushing back some of the dates to uh, begin preparing for the fall seasons. Uh, But here's an interesting stat coming from Brian Fisher of College Football Talk. He says, uh, by my count, 76 football games canceled in the past 48 hours as a result of the Big Ten Pac-12 decisions, including, Gordon, five out of uh, BYU's six P5 games scheduled for this year. So here, here's the question for you. Is there any wiggle room
2: at all? Was there a clause in there when you read it the first time? Was there a clause in there that said something about uh, as events unfold or something that there could there could be an added game somewhere along the way? Or is that absolutely out the window now?
1: It seemed to me, and I, I, I've got the statement back up in front of me, and it is it's quite long, actually. Um but I, it doesn't I don't think they're leaving the door open uh mm. for for that Gordon, or at least that's not how I read it. They're leaving the, the flexibility open for when they start, but I didn't read a whole lot of flexibility about uh about scheduling. Mm. Well, uh yeah, that uh that that'll be interesting
2: to see how uh, so does the Pac twelve add games? Do they do they play more? Uh, Pac-12 opponents than they normally would, or are they going to keep it the way it is? Will it affect the the divisions, or will it just sort of be everybody in the league uh, just in in one clump? And does it mean that, uh, what happens if, if one team ends up playing a couple more games than another team because of, uh, you know, local jurisdiction decisions?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, are we going to have a college football playoff? I mean, is that even going to be an option? So does it matter if somebody yeah. if somebody plays twelve and somebody plays ten? Who cares? Maybe. Well,
2: who gets the who gets the trophy for league champion? If one team goes uh, one team goes seven and one, and the, another team goes, you know, nine and two, or something like that.
1: I think we should go back to the, the, you know, T-ball way of doing things. Everybody gets a trophy, Gordon. Everybody. (laughs) Just give a trophy to everybody. Everybody wins the conference this year. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Does it matter, you know, at this point? Does it really matter? Well, I don't know. It's just
2: scenarios to consider. But in a very strange year where so much has happened, uh, another oddity and we don't even know how this is going to turn out. And I still think we might be straightening deck chairs on the Titanic. I think the whole ship might slip under the waves still. And so then all of this planning and all of these alterations won't mean a darn thing.
1: Right. Yeah, and how do budgets look then? I mean, we yeah. the other piece of news, uh, Utah uh, cut $9 million from their athletic budget today. So, you know, there's a lot on the line, Gordon. We've talked about it a lot. But this well, is stay them tuned. trying their best. Yeah, yeah stay tuned we'll, see, indeed.
2: We'll, we'll see what happens from here because uh, one thing that Mark Harlan really stressed when we talked to him this morning is uh, that if the teams don't have enough ramp-up time, they can't just go out and play. They need to have sufficient time. And if they, they don't have that time, uh, until they have that time, the season can't start.
1: All right, we're live from the warehouse, 86 East, University Parkway, right here in Orem. And our good friend Tom joins us once, uh, once again. And, Tom, this is uh, a big weekend for you guys. Uh, of course, weekends are big for you guys. But I uh, want to encourage our listeners to come
4: in soon. Now is the time. It's, it's a great time to get an adjustable bed, and that might not last. If you've been looking for an adjustable bed, there's no time better. Um, What's happened is uh, the mattress industry, there's a bunch of tariffs that are going to take place in October, and inventories are short because everybody knows everything's shut down in Asia, everything's shut down where they're manufacturing a lot of the subcomponents, even if they assemble them here in the United States. The subcomponents are manufactured. Like seventy percent of all textiles are manufactured in Asia at mm-hmm. this point. So if you don't have those and you're building furniture, you're not building furniture. Right, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the inventories are short everywhere on upholstery. So sofas, love seats, recliners, all the normal things that you just call up and get them shipped. You're having to wait four to eight weeks. Mm. Our competitor next door is quoting people 6 to 10 weeks for delivery. Wow. I've got lots of inventory in stock. If you need something right now, I've got stuff we can deliver you. Uh, Worst case scenario, by Tuesday, Uh, if you're looking for an adjustable bed, don't go out and pay, if you find a deal, for $3,900 for a Split King. It's a good deal. Yeah. But I have a deal today, Split King gel-infused memory foam, mattresses and adjustable bases for 1899 that's incredible it's an incredible deal if you're looking for the best with massage bells and whistles i can sell it to you for 24.99 if you're looking for the very best, instead of seven to eleven thousand, I'm twenty nine ninety nine. This is a commitment that we've made to our marketplace. Our Salt Lake store uh, is moving into a new, beautiful location. Very exciting. Look for that in the next two weeks. And uh, here in Orm I can take care of you this weekend. If you're looking for that queen for a spare bedroom, four hundred ninety nine dollars. There's one left now. We just sold really one of the two. Wow. So come and get it it's your last chance uh we'll be here all weekend we're, we're closed on Sunday our, our uh hanging out with the fam our employees need to be with family so're we're, we're doing that so come and see us today or tomorrow we'll be here till seven both days all right take advantage 86 East University Parkway that's the world famous Tom from the
1: warehouse 86 East University Parkway more big show next 975 and 1280 of the zone Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to say thanks to Tom and the crew here at the warehouse for hosting the show. They were great. Uh, These deals we've been talking about today, they're going to go on through the weekend. So take advantage of it. 86 East University Parkway. Gordon, another Friday comes to an end. Any any plans for tonight or the weekend? Are you doing anything fun Uh, or just uh, 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 watching uh, Lisa work in the yard from your office window? I take great pleasure
2: in that. No, I, I, I'm, at, I'll be working, but uh, I'll be looking for some things to do with, with my wife and uh, enjoy the weekend.
1: Yeah, you. Uh, I don't think we have any plans. I think we've got a. You're, uh, you're going
2: to be out in the yard using that wheelbarrow.
1: Right. We're going to be in the yard. We've got a yard project, so that's going to be fun in the heat. So excited for that. <laughs> you did drive
0: all <laughs> over the country for that wheelbarrow, though.
1: I did. I did. I covered. Do I you think, have other states.
0: tools?
2: Do you have like shovels? And Is you get, uh, they got everything you need?
1: Well, yes, I'm a, a red blooded homeowning American, Gordon. Of course, I've got a shovel. <laughs> 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 what a question. Are you do asking? you have a
2: front door on yeah, your house? That, uh... Right. Yes, what's what's have... cost more, your wheelbarrow or your, or your lawnmower? Uh, lawnmower.
0: Jake's got like one of those monster truck lawnmowers, or is that oh, your snowblower? I wish.
1: I I wish. I've I've. It's not a monster snowblower. No, uh, I did little, well. He's, I, got little, he's got a little, he's got a little paddler. Well, no, no, no. I've got more than a, a paddler. It does the job. When it, when I initially replaced my old snowblower, I did buy one of those big big ones. But then, when we got it, we decided that it was too much more than we needed.
2: Are managed. you the kind of guy who is uh, loyal to a certain brand when it comes? Like I know some people that buy the same uh, kind of lawnmower, wheelbarrow, you know, shovels, even the whole thing. They got to line those things up, or or do you just
1: mix and match? Well, first of all, I don't know if there's overlap between brands of wheelbarrow companies and lawn mowing companies. I don't oh, know. Sure, does, there are. Does, does Honda make <laughs> wheelbarrows? I don't think so. Uh, but no, there's there's a brand that uh, my snowblower and my uh, my lawn mower are the same brand. Yeah. What brand is it? Uh, Toro. Oh a Toro! Toro See, that was one of the
2: ones I was going. That's what made me think of it because I remember when I was working as a uh, as a gardener uh that was uh, that this before boy. or after
1: you were a longshoreman <laughs>
2: <laughs> It was before uh but uh the the uh the my boss he was he was a toro guy
1: the so the he used toros wait the 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 your boss the family that uh the Foxcatcher family <laughs>
2: Yeah, yes. It was it was the DuPont estate, yeah. They were a Toro family. <laughs> no. <laughs> the guy who was my boss who was in charge of the operation. He was. he was a Toro man. He was a Sears little, man.
1: Little known fact, the, the DuPonts were, were fond of Toro's. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> I would think oh. he would be a Toro guy because you used to work at Sears. Oh, I did used to work at Sears. Yeah, I, I did. All right, uh, Gordon, enjoy your weekend, buddy. You too. Everybody stay safe. Stay sane. Talk to you Monday on the big show 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.